0: Have we got a show for you? I've no idea what we'll do. Welcome, my friends, to this charming tableau. Have we got a show for you? Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Strangely and Friends, the podcast. My name is Strangely, this is the podcast, and the friends are here already i guess you're the friends the guests are the friends i i made my website strangely in friends years ago because i just wanted to include everyone and so if you're listening to this in a sense you are one of the friends <laughs> i've had a good week how was your week was it good i i'm experiencing my favorite fall weather this week it's the the days where it's really cold it's about 35 uh 32 to 35 degrees fahrenheit every morning when i leave the house which is about zero degrees celsius and uh i've I've been commuting to school by running which is my favorite so that's been a lot of fun i hope your week has been good too uh what's going on oh oh so there's this movie all about the Joker, and people are acting surprised that it did well at the box office. I mean, it's only the most well-known comic book villain of all time being portrayed by a beloved Fancy Pants actor during awards bait season. Good lord, folks, it's not that hard to predict. Plus, with the marketing push this bastard has been getting, I wouldn't be surprised if it were just a bunch of curious people like, what's this all about? You know, we'll wait till next weekend to see if it has any legs. There. I've commented on something in the current cultural zeitgeist, now let us speak of it no more. Strangely recommends in 200 words or less, including these 11. Who? Who imposed this rule? Into the Whirlwind by Eugenia Ginsburg. This memoir of experiences during Stalin's reign of terror is a hard read. The situations portrayed are, to put it mildly, harrowing, but it's the internal life of the author that is most arresting. Ginsburg devotes a significant amount of this memoir's 418 pages to her inner, often philosophical musings. She sees beauty in a beam of sunlight, friendship in a guard looking the other way, and decency in getting out of a punishment cell a day early. The inverse is also true, the crushing of a small flower beneath a guard's boot driving her to tears. By providing a singular human voice to the reign of terror and the gulags, Ginsburg reminds us of how easily such things could happen again. Here's a selection of her excellent prose. As I lay awake on my plank bed, the most unorthodox thoughts pass through my mind about how thin the line is between high principles and blinkered intolerance, and also how relative are all human systems and ideologies, and how absolute the tortures which human beings inflict on one another. So this is my chat with my friend Eula. I'm not even going to attempt to say Eula's last name because uh, I'm sure Eula's going to listen to this and it will just sound wrong. But uh, Eula says it during the interview. So (laughs) uh, enjoy my chat with Eula uh, at Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Oh, by the way, This is one of those interviews where I was still getting used to my portable recorder, so the sound isn't great, but I think the chat's really good. So I hope you folks enjoy my chat with Eula. (laughs) am still recording. Yeah, the the broom-covered interview, or uh, there's a a podcast I listen to, these two two women from London called Uh Red-Handed, and it's all about like... Like, like, um, like murders and crime cases and everything, and they, <laughs> Oops. and they, uh, they, they tried recording in the broom cupboard under the stairs, <laughs> and then they realized that there was no handle on the inside of the broom cupboard, so they're oh, trapped in the broom arraigned. cupboard. There's so they, re- podcast. <laughs> they recorded themselves in the broom cupboard, waiting for a mate to come over and unlock the house and let them in, let them out of their own broom cupboard. <laughs> anyway, hmm. uh, and it, uh, say your last name for me again, Brugger. Bruca pretty much. Brück Brücka. Brücka. Okay, Bruke. this will
1: take a while. Bruca.
0: <laughs> Brücka. It's okay. Fuck, okay. okay. I'm sorry.
1: Actually, you... the um, so it comes from a an old old German hmm? like old middle middle German. I don't know actually about ah. some old word for swamp. So oh, Brog with a with a R so, yeah, perfect. Brog means uh, swamp. So I'm like I'm a swamp person. <laughs> I guess. Let's that's
0: cl- that's close. My my family surname, Dusberg, uh, <laughs> is like, do du- like do du- like water castle or b- town. It's like ah. wet 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 house wet castle. Dusberg. <laughs> yeah. So like in in back in school, people would call me douche. Mm. It's like well, you're being very like because douche, douche mm. like
1: mm-hmm.
0: kind of thing. So like Dus Dusberg. But, I mean, a lot of Dutch names are, like, very wet mm-hmm. names, you know, van der Dijk. And oh, yeah, yeah, true. Van, van der, uh, van der or something. I don't, that's got to be a name, right? Yes. Van der. Why not? Anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, van welcome. Halen. Van Halen. Van Halen. Yeah.
1: Sorry, that was really bad. I am that from, was my joke. I am Eddie from Halen. <laughs> Oh. I mean that comes probably I mean I was thinking if that maybe comes from the word hill that's mm-hmm. uh, a hell in, in, in Germanic as well, like Germanic. Like, like all the Germanic, oh. it's hail. hail. So maybe from hell I don't a very bad
0: another bad um, Of of the hills. <laughs> <laughs> the hill oh, people. No hell, not
1: hill.
0: Hell oh of hell. Hell <laughs> That's kind of a cool <laughs> hill. <laughs> I guess that is like a cooler a cooler <laughs> name for a band actually, like from hell.
1: Yeah.
0: I okay. uh, anyway. <laughs> we are we are already in the weeds and we've barely even started. Uh Yula. Yes. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for being a guest on the podcast.
1: Pleasure.
0: You are the first interview on the podcast uh to be recorded this side of the Atlantic.
1: Ooh. It's
0: so very special. Exiting. I was going to I was about to say first international interview, but I did an interview in Canada, so that, you know, uh on another continent. Yeah. So cool. this is another continent. And uh, you are the first German guest on, so welcome to the podcast. you. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you you are here at the Edinburgh Fringe with a show. Yes. Can you tell me a little bit about that show?
1: Yes, so um, it's a story that my friend wrote. She's a, she's a writer and uh, she wrote a children's book uh, in German, so we had to translate all of them. Mm-hmm. the whole story and put it into an audio play because we're now playing the live radio play here mm-hmm. and it's a story about a girl Sina uh, who thinks that sh- uh, her shadow is really annoying and then she gets rid of her shadow she finds out how and then she gets rid of the shadow and then fi- then, then notices it's very, very bad like your life is very bad about her. like without your shadow so she has to get it back and then she has to go to the Ministry of Shadows and f- meet the shadow minister <laughs> funny joke <laughs> um, Minister of Shadows and she meets Potter uh, guys, and she meets like you know and we've got a Foley artist on stage so four speakers and one mm-hmm. well, Foley artist who does uh, um, weird sounds basically shadows flying shadows I don't know Doing things, <laughs> yeah. This
0: the live yeah. foley artist thing is so cool. I, I, uh, one of my big inspirations in art is like old time radio, mm. where they would you know they'd do the yeah. radio plays and they have the foley artist table. Uh, there was yeah. some friends of mine did a show. I don't remember what it was called, but they every night they had a different guest performer come in and be the foley artist. And you, so I didn't okay. know what was going to yeah. happen. And then they had a table for me to do all the,
1: ah, nice,
0: all the props <laughs> on. I, I got in trouble because I used the air horn.
1: Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Does your show have an air horn in it? And, uh, no, 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 air horn. No, no. We've got um, we've got metal springs that she like it's, it's attached to a box, and mm-hmm. the the, the our Foley um uh, has yeah, contact mics on it, and then then puts it through through a computer and into and, and, and oh, the sound, so cool. and, and yeah, and it's like uh, very it's very sort of um, uh, yeah she uses she uses the material in like different ways, so it's also a visual picture, and it's the insta the sound, so like a double performance. So she, you hear something and you see her like fingering of those rings and have a bow, like a bow that like, use for violins, and she mm-hmm. does the ocean waves walk by it, just touching the or like str- striding the bow along mm-hmm. the po- box. And so there's some nice things in it. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's so cool. So you you're directing the show, but this isn't really your thing. You you you're <laughs> at the end of like three years of yeah. studying. To be a puppeteer, which is yeah,
1: but also like we, we um we do learn uh the three sort of three, pol- uh, what do you say for you? three um com- pillars of uh, mm-hmm. of puppetry. So we, we do we do a lot of uh, um, work um, as a group. So we direct each other, or we like we, we give a lot of feedback in the class. So mm-hmm. we learn how to direct. Actually, we learn how to direct and to play and to build. So that's the three. Three things you can act, um, yeah. You also do your bachelor production, and then you have a, a profile, like, you can choose which which is your focus, basically. Right. So, and I'm, I'm more of a performer. I like to be on stage. Now that I do, uh, I, I did, did the tech for two shows on the fringe at the Fringe, and, and, and I'm also directing the show. And now I, after two days, I was like, oh, I want to be on stage, I want to <laughs> be on stage, which is good. Yeah. So I know that I yeah. really want to do it, but, um, yeah, so... I would generally say more of a performer, but I I really like to give shape to a thing. Like I I, I jumped into the production when it was already half half ready sort of, and uh, I I could just work with them for two weeks, and then in the end you, you see the change so much more than when you see it for the like first time mm-hmm. after the whole. So I, I kind of saw the saw the development very mm-hmm. well, and that's that's a very nice nice feeling to see how how your work has been transformed into a it's just visible yeah, yeah.
0: Mm. like for an artist coming to this festival is one of the most like uh, transformative things I mean people often mm. ask me if I make money it's like nobody makes money coming mm. to this but mm. you can gain so much and a, a lot of what I gain and I, I think from our conversations earlier you're gaining a lot of the same thing is that when you do something 30 times mm. or or even 5 times yeah. or or 20 yeah. times or whatever you you Especially when it's every single day. Yeah. You go home, you think about it, and then you can immediately go back and do it again. Yes. A yeah. lot of other shows, plays, things, we might do a weekend or two weekends yeah. and then it's it's gone mm. until it comes back around mm. six months later or or you're in a different room every night, like when I'm on tour, it's a different yeah. room so that there's new problems and new mm-hmm. challenges. Whereas here I've worked this same room. It's actually, my show is in the room we're sitting in right now. Right. <laughs> I've worked this room so many times mm. that some of the challenges of like, where do people sit and mm. how do I address the audience and where do I stand, like, that's out of the way. And yeah. I can actually focus on like the smaller details.
1: Yeah, yeah, the thing that you want to communicate. Yeah.
0: Mm. See, you said something earlier and I'm going to paraphrase what you said and maybe you'll be able to say it better, but I, I asked you earlier while we were just chatting about why you got into puppetry mm. and you gave such a different answer. Like, a lot of my friends who are into puppetry mm. are like, they grew up watching the Muppets or, you know, they loved the Star Wars behind the scenes yeah. or something like that. <laughs> it is great. Yeah, <laughs> is it? it is great. It is. Uh, Phil Tippett. <laughs> it's just lovely, <laughs> lovely stuff. Uh, but you, you were talking about how you you liked how puppetry could change the size of things yeah and I thought that was that was really really fascinating because like I used to do still puppets
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, so what, what is it about that size change that is so compelling for you with puppetry
1: um, well yeah I mean there's a two two uh, extremes like you can you can go into really small mm-hmm. puppets and like um, make the room around it really big by just producing the the size Mm -hmm. or you make the room around like you can be in the same room and use three different types of puppets and the room will be different so actually it's using the room and the material together and not like I think it's more about maybe it's more about the room than about the puppets because (laughs) maybe it's both maybe that's just I guess it's both but um, uh, I like to play with what I have and that's you get a room for example like you, at the Fringe you get a room uh-huh. and uh, I would actually like to play with that much more so that you know your room is like this and then you're like okay so it's a, it's a very small room but if I use very tiny material it can be very big. Right. Like if you have a, if you have a mini table on stage and you have little puppets suddenly everyone and, and the whole room around it so they have like hundreds of meters above them the mm-hmm. tiny puppets on the table because that's the scale scale? Mm-hmm. That you chose, yeah and um or you you have a massive inflatable puppet in the room suddenly and mm-hmm. it's it 's too big for the room, right, so you kind of you just mess with people 's uh like yeah imagination because you 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 you, you show the image and it 's true the image is true it 's there mm-hmm. but in, at the same time it's it's not it's it 's just a material it's just yeah and uh yeah, and also I think um you can uh talk about uh sort of the uh, serious topics or like difficult topics mm-hmm. like I don't know um, talk about uh, refugees for example there was a play that I saw where they were um, having mini like uh, I don't know fingernail big puppets uh-huh. very very like, not even puppets but, like you know those um, when you have um, tra- like those uh, trains and like uh, children play with like mini 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 figures like the tiny ones oh uh,
0: like anyway um, t- with um
1: like micro those, machines, yeah, or like
0: the little yeah, really small yeah, mini mini <laughs> yeah, figures yeah, yeah. yeah
1: and they they, they they'd put them onto the bodies and used their bodies as a landscape for the people to travel on oh my goodness so they had like a refugee story um, um, not only refugees but like it was a story about f- f- fleeing and, and people were traveling over the bodies and over the shape of the body and like and it told so much more than, you know someone trying to, trying to sort of uh, transfer or make it make it make it grippable the, the 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 deep the depth of the of the topic. But because you had a material that you you believe that it's 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 there, and you just look at it, and it transfers something. Oh, it's hard to end. It's hard to 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 describe. But I think because we're not, it's new material, so you're going to show, and they they have these puppets, and you're like, okay. Um, the puppets that um, you don't, you haven't seen them before. Mm-hmm. In any like any puppet works like this, you haven't seen the puppet before. You don't know the history of the puppet. It has no history actually, because you just see it in this moment. Ex- uh, like compared to, or as opposed to, to an actor who you know is like forty years old or something, right. and but the puppet is like it's built for this purpose. So you can project everything into it, and it can say everything because. It's just made up. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it, is that doesn't make sense. Like it, the, it, okay. it does make sense. Okay.
0: I, I mean that that hmm. I think that's the beauty of something like that. You know, it's, it's like yeah. similar to you. you compared it uh, earlier today to mask work.
1: Mm. Yeah, and the yeah.
0: idea that a, a mask is a purpose built character as well. Yeah, that yeah. does not exist in, until. It does. I, mm. I have friends who are really, really into mask work, and they talk about how you put on the mask for the first time and you yeah. you find out what the mask is. Yeah,
1: or you find the body. Um, that, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, mm. you know, you the, find the
0: character or who. Yeah. Or what? Sometimes yeah. it's a what. It's not a who. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, the physicality and, mm. and everything that grows out of that. And like, uh, I have a friend who does some marionette stuff, and one of the marionette legs like broke during mm-hmm. a show, and never fixed it. Mm-hmm. became yes. part of the physicality yeah, yeah, yeah. of That's that Marianne, cla- right yeah, you know, sort yeah. of like mm-hmm. uh, that sort of a thing, mm-hmm. so d- d- like I d- it's the worst question to ask artists, okay. so I'm going to ask it to you yeah. uh, <laughs> Go <on>. sort of <laughs> well because, you know, when someone asks an artist, you know, if you could do anything and mm. we're always like, I've, I can't think of anything, you know, but because mm. like a really broad question like that I, mm. I think is generally a bad question but <laughs> It's, you know you've just finished this this three year intensive course and you're sort of like looking toward uh, much more free time and, yeah. and freedom to explore yeah. your own kind of things. Do you have I guess like plans or ideas of, of puppets you want to build or shows you want to create mm-hmm. with puppets or are you st- kind of not quite sure?
1: Um, so I'm I'm still sort of I'm still in school. It's just mm-hmm. that the fourth year is free for us to right. you know, fill. Um so uh, I know a lot, of, like I found out uh, during the, the last three years, I found out a lot of things that I want to work on and I had, didn't have the time. So actually it's a, not, right now I have a lot of things I want to work on. Um, but generally I think, oh God, there were a lot of questions right now, I mean there were like tons of, um, uh, uh, <laughs> um, I think a big question for me is, and that I want to work on, is how do you, how do I, how will I be able to make theatre or any sort of art? I mean, it's not always mm-hmm. theatre that I do, but it's I say theatre. <laughs> uh, how, how do I, how do I make theatre that can reach not only the theatre audience that I? I'm in, I'm like, right. and also my friends are all like all mm. the, the whole bubble of puppetry in Stuttgart. Right. Like this, they all like show the stuff to each other more or less the whole time. Uh-huh. And I'm a, I'm a bit like, well, um, I don't want to reach the people that know everything about or, or, or want to know or like say they know everything about puppetry already, but I want to reach um, people who don't go into theatre. I want to reach right. people who I want to talk about things to people that I normally wouldn't talk to because that's what I do. It's through my art basically I want to communicate something so if I want to make like I'm doing my, my bachelor production about uh, like a full full character a German full character mm-hmm. um, because uh he was he was um he's he's from he was living in medieval times and he was he was a very sort of uh, direct and cruel but very funny person mm-hmm. who's like a sex artist but also very sort of speaking to the people about the like the the classical like speaking about the the king and like you know right. uh but he was also very cruel to the people like a very sort of sharp and very um very very interesting character and i think for me a connection to war war times, heavy times, difficult times that we're in uh, all the time Mm -hmm. and someone who tries to find a way to make people laugh but at the same time cry and be really sort of aware of the shit they're in yeah, (laughs) basically and I really love this character so this is something I want to do and I want to do it outside because I want people to see it because Mm -hmm. I don't want to be like and this is sort of a thing that accessible theatre and inclusive Mm theatre and not talk about um, oh yeah and maybe one other thing Talk about a thing, of course, like one subject, and not try to talk about the things that are like I'm not gonna be like, oh yeah, feminism. I'm like, I wanna do the things, feminist things, because I think if I do a piece, it probably will be feminist anyway, because it's what I think about a lot. And you know, so I don't need to do the thing about, I I don't need to do the project about a certain topic but the topic will come yeah. into the thing because it's me that's doing it. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah a, that's
1: a, yeah. Does that answer the question? I don't yeah, know. No, that, was, <laughs> that was
0: beautiful, that was, that was perfect. Like, just kind of, a, I, I don't know, I, I, I often ask really vague questions on, on this show just to kind of okay. hopefully sort of like lead to other <laughs> yeah, things. Yeah. And I, I love what you said about any show you make is going to be a feminist show. <laughs> because that, <laughs> but, but, but I mean that 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 is how you feel yeah, it'll be something I guess
1: it will always be there yeah mm. you know
0: it, it's it, you know there's all these discussions about separating the artist from the art and things like mm, that but yeah. I, I think I think if you set out to make a show with an specific message you mm. often like you've you've messed yourself up before you've even begun yes yeah uh, oh yeah yeah you know I it's something that I hear a lot. You know, mm. people come up to me and they tell me you should be using your platform. Which I mean, not that many people see me. So it's mm-hmm. a very small platform. <laughs> but you should be using your stage time. Mm. I guess would be a better word than platform mm. to talk about, you know, climate or the politics or yeah, mm. important capital I M mm. stuff. Uh, <laughs> and you know, the the truth is, like, I think if anybody does watch my show. Mm. And spends any time with me, they they start to understand that I'm very passionate about, you know, human rights and and um, and uh, like like trans rights, and queer rights, mm. things like things yeah. like that. And the the sh- my greatest hope for my show is that someone who would never spend time with someone like me
1: mm.
0: will realize that they enjoyed spending time with someone yeah. like me. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: And it will right. make sitting next to someone like me on the bus. Be more special yeah. and wonderful, and I, that's the, mm. the sense of what I'm getting from you yeah, about your, your puppetry. Makes, yeah, that
1: fits. Yeah, mm. you
0: take it out to the street because it, it's a thing too. Where like, if you have, you know, if you're just like, you get up and grab a microphone and you're like, you know, I'm a gay black woman or whatever, you know, whatever you are. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: the audience is going to go, yeah, we, we, thanks. Yeah. Like mm. we, we see, you know, and people will instinctively want to say, I know. Mm. but uh, it's it's totally different if there's just like this little rabbit puppet (laughs) you know running around (laughs) and then all of a sudden there's another rabbit and then both of the rabbits are boy rabbits or something you know it's like Mm -hmm. that possibility especially with a a creature that is purpose built
1: yeah
0: yeah I I love that idea
1: Mm.
0: because it's something that that is so handmade You, you, you yeah like all puppets for shows they have to be crafted like you, you can't just go no. online and order yeah you can
1: i mean i'm a big fan of trash puppets i'm a oh, big yeah. fan of um i have two um plastic policemen in my bag mm-hmm. that are great because they're so shit they're shit right. puppets and they they <laughs> just they they pop up they like hunt puppets or so like punch and judy hunt puppets. Right, right, right they pop up behind the oh, what do you call it the Curtain. Anyway, uh, yeah, yeah, what was I, I going to say? It's a policeman. Uh-huh, yeah. And then, um, do, I'm, I'm just holding up my arms, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, and they just, their characters, just one says something, the other one says, some, says the same thing. So they always talk after each other. They right. always say the same stuff. They go like, oh, you're wearing a uniform. Oh, you're wearing a uniform. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Really stupid stuff. But it, it, it makes people laugh. and it, it's And it's very sort of... They don't say, oh, by the way, we're stupid policemen, and that's because our puppeteer thinks the police is a horrible right. institution. <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> which is not sometimes. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, they beat people to shit, and, but you do it through, through hand puppets that are made for beating each other up. Uh-huh. Basically, that's where it came from. They were they were they started handpuppets were on marketplaces. They were talking about political situations and they were hitting each other. And there was like you know the the, the German uh, punch is the same uh-huh. beating children. Yeah, oh, no problem. Like <laughs> so, so that's an interesting sort of uh, yeah yeah. Um, I don't know where the end of the sentence going, but yeah. No, <laughs> no, it's, it's a fascinating idea though.
0: Like, you know, you can use comedy and, and humor to talk about things that are really difficult to talk about. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's something that, like, it, when, whenever you go and see a, a very serious, serious mm. piece of seriousness, yeah. <laughs> it's hard not to take it a little bit comedically.
1: Mm. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Whereas mm. the, the artists who talk about the darkest stuff generally are doing it comedically or... or or whimsically, mm. you know, with, mm-hmm. with a, a fairy tale mm. feeling of a, a, a story or a puppet or something that, like, mm. y- it's it's just a way to communicate directly to the heart instead of making the mind process mm. all of the emotion and things.
1: Yeah, and also lets the audience decide what they want to see. I mean, mm-hmm. like, it's not a um, policeman example. If I say on stage, oh, I hate the police, and I mean it, I didn't say it like I mean it, but if right, I did, right, yeah. um, people would, I mean, there would be like, if I, and if I had the chance to have an audience where it's really mixed and there are p- people who are maybe right-wing, whatever, mm-hmm. and um, they go, oh, yeah, it's one of those lefty, eco-idiot I- persons doing yeah. arts. Of course, I don't want to, you know. Right. And if I just go, these are my two policemen, and they do something on stage, and you can decide whether or not you read that into it, Yeah. Yeah, that makes so much more sense. Like,
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, as we're wrapping this up, uh, that, uh, we're just running out of time. I, yeah, I, yeah. I wanted to talk to you forever. <laughs> we will get a chance to record another episode. Uh, as we're wrapping this up, one of the things that I created this podcast to do was to increase visibility of sort of like voices outside of the mainstream. Uh, and obviously, my a lot of my listeners can't make it out to the fringe. Mm-hmm and uh, Stuttgart is a long way from the uh, <laughs> yep. Pacific Northwest. That's true. Uh, but w- do you have any, uh, I guess, films or, or things like that, YouTube things that mm. like you would you would recommend people I see? Would,
1: I would recommend something that is a definitely a, an international project and we're gonna go to the US with it mm-hmm. at some point, definitely, because mm-hmm. it's just booming, it's crazy. It started a few, t- two years ago, mm-hmm. and it's now uh, Australian, Congolese, German, French, Mm-hmm. Um, connected and uh, Japan recently <laughs> and it's a big sort of puppet production by Australian group Snuff Puppets and a uh, German puppeteer and Congolese musicians basically and they also built puppets in Kinshasa, it's the capital of the uh, Democratic uh, Republic of Congo and we do a, a pro- big project called Panchagathe, which you can look up online and mm-hmm. there's films and there's a lot of uh, background material and it's uh, it's a black female punch Person mm-hmm. character that has it has a whole history. Like it's, it's been built like little, and then it grew. It grew. There's loads of right. different Punchagathi uh, puppets, and there's a big one that's 16 meters high, inflatable, oh and with a crane. And it's very mad. So yeah, have a look at Punch uh, I think dot org. Um, How do
0: you spell that? For
1: punch, like p uh, like the word punch, mm-hmm. like punch in the face. P, uh, P-U-N-C-H and then A uh, G A T H E Punchagathi.
0: That is perfect. Thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast.
1: Yeah, pleasure.
0: I'm going to to try it. Uh, Yula (laughs) Brugge. Nope, still wrong. I knew it as my mouth was saying it. it. It's
1: okay.
0: (laughs) Here's a thought. I apologize to you, gentle listeners, for the fact that I'm sure many of my pieces in the coming weeks and months will reflect my current immersion in what can only be called Deepest, darkest academia. I've settled in nicely to the ebb and flow of Western Washington University's History Department, and boy howdy do they make you read a prodigious amount. I've considered myself a pretty hefty reader. I mean, I a book a week. Until I came to Western's History Department. I'm up to three books a week now, and several academic papers, and it's... It's... To use a term that would get me in trouble in these lofty, ivory-towered circles, it's a lot. Nevertheless, this Sisyphesian task of bibliophilic endurance has already produced delightful results. Forgive that Ricky J. Influenced turn of words as well, but more on him next week. One of the assigned readings I delved into this week for a class, the aptly named History 401, Methods of Research Analysis, was Robert Thurston's Fear and Belief in the USSR's Great Terror, colon, Response to Arrest, 1936-1939. to Academia likes long and precise titles because it saves you having to read the paper to know what it's about. I think it also helps students figure out the central question of the paper, which, if written well, answers the thesis. Or something like that. I don't know. I'm taking a class. So I can learn how to do it. What do you- what do you want from me? Some quick background. In 1917, Russia experienced a communist revolution. In 1924, the revolution's leader, Lenin, died. Into this power vacuum rose Joseph Stalin. He was, by many accounts, a total dick. From the mid-1930s until 1939, a series of purges swept through the Communist Party. People were often being arrested left and right for difficult-to-quantify crimes like telling jokes critical of the Communist Party or not loudly enough condemning Trotsky's ideas. The above-mentioned Eugenia Ginsburg was one such person arrested during this time and sent to the Gulag Archipelago, which was a nickname given to the Soviet gulag system by Alexander Solzhenitsyn. Because these places in Siberia were so isolated as to be essentially islands. The prevailing attitude about 1936-1939 to purges is that they were a time of intense fear for people in Russia from all walks of life, folk living in a state of fear like something out of 1984, the novel by Orwell, not the year that Apple made that weird advert. Remember that? I won't go into exactly the ways that this orthodoxy developed in academia, but suffice to say that it's pretty commonly accepted for much of the 50s and 60s and 70s that this was a horrible time of great fear. This might also have something to do with the fact that it fit in so well with the good versus evil Cold War narrative the United States lived in. I'm not qualified to say for sure. Into this strides Robert W. Thurston, young, brash, and full of new ideas about how to approach the Great Terror. Across 31 pages in the journal Slavic Review... I almost feel bad not citing page numbers and other bibliographic data that I had to include when I wrote about this for my class, but whatever. This is my podcast. Thurston makes the case that although things were bad and many innocent people were arrested, the idea that a prevailing atmosphere of creeping dread hung over the nation for that four to five year period is false. Thurston cites dozens of personal accounts from the era and afterwards as well as newspaper clippings, government documents, and even the minutes of some local Communist Party meetings. I've never thought about meeting minutes as a historical source, but now I'm full of an urge to comb through the 1956 meeting minutes of the pemphigus Indiana Shriners Lodge. Thurston makes a case that is sweeping and persuasive, even as he acknowledges the difficulties in interpreting some of his sources and the lack of ability to read the minds of the past with perfect clarity. And here's where things get, well, for lack of a nicer way to say this, it turns into an intellectual shitfight. Enter Robert Conquest. Yeah, they're both named Robert a venerable professor who's built his entire reputation on a monumental tome titled, you guessed it, The Great Terror, colon, Stalin's Purges of the 1930s. Slavic Review had sent Conquest a copy of Thurston's paper and asked for comment. Armed with a passing knowledge of Conquest through the writings of Christopher Hitchens, I knew he was a man who did not suffer fools lightly and rarely held back in his criticism. Naturally, I went and made myself some popcorn. Conquest did not disappoint. The following three pages of Slavic Review are a thundering takedown of Thurston, not just his premise, but also his use of sources and even methodology of interpretation. The aptly named Conquest is so sure of his own position that he does not bother to cite specific for- sources. He hardly needs to. His entire critique reads like he is beating Thurston about the head with a battered old copy of The Great Terror, Colin Stalin's purges of the 1930s, and shouting, Read. My. Book. At one point, he even accuses Thurston of desk-bound parochialism. As if that is not already enough of a gift from the universe, or should I say from the editors of Slavic Review, there is one final piece of writing. Slavic Review allows Thurston to print a seven-page response to Conquest's response. In what feels like a petulant gesture, Thurston titles his second piece on desk-bound parochialism Common Sense Perspectives and Lousy Evidence, a Reply to Robert Conquest. It is pretty much the academic's equivalent of, no, you. I'm not sure if I'm really selling the level of slap fight the 1-2-3 reading of these papers display. It's as if someone published a Reddit thread in book form. Seriously, if you don't believe me, I'll include a link to a spot online where you can read these three papers. They're as fascinating as they are delightfully combative. I (laughs) hope somebody enjoyed this summary of those papers. Um, I need more coffee. Hokey Fright. Have you heard about 12 Rules for Life by Jordan Peterson? It's not very good. I'm sorry I brought it up. I'm not saying it's good, but... At least now you've heard about it. Song of the Week, Fod. This is something I stumbled across while I was perusing through the Alan Lomax Folk Songs of North America book. And it's just sort of a nonsense song that's meant to be sung while people are dancing and having a good time. The thing that caught my eye, though, is in the book it says that the song is to be played bouncily and sung stern-faced. So, this is me attempting not to laugh while singing some nonsense words in the song Fod. Hooray to ride for Dolinka Dido. As I went down to the mowing field, fought. As I went down to the mowing field, the big black snake got me by the heel to a roly day. Well, I fell down upon the ground. Hooray to Rye for Dido. I fell down upon the ground, Fod. Well, I fell down upon the ground, I shut both eyes and looked all around to a roly day. I sat on a stump to take my rest, hooray, hooray, a dido. I sat upon a stump to take my rest, Fodd. Sat up on a stump to take my rest. My hair looked like a woodchuck in his nest. To rifully day While the woodchuck grinned a banjo song, to rifle I hold a link a dido. The woodchuck grinned a banjo song, thought The woodchuck grinned a banjo song and stepped the skunk with his britches on Hooray to Day The woodchuck and the skunk got into a fight Hooray to rye for the The woodchuck and the skunk got into a fight The woodchuck and the skunk got into a fight The fumes were so strong they put out the light Hooray to lead a They danced and they played till the chimney began to rust Hooray to ride photolinkodido They danced and they played till the chimney began to rust They danced and they played till the chimney began to rust. It was hard to tell which smelt the worst, who ride to ride a. I went down to the mowing field who ride to rye As I went down to the mowing field fodd. As I went down to the mowing field the big black snake got me by the heel to a rolly day That's about it for this week's episode of Strangely and Friends, the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you folks enjoyed my interview with Eula, even though the audio wasn't the greatest. And uh, I felt a little bad after I wrote that thing about Jordan Peterson. Maybe I'll just leave that in. I was going to cut out my burp, but I kind of feel that way right now. Anyway, I might write a longer takedown of him at some point in the future for now suffice to say not a fan if you're a fan of this podcast however please consider supporting it over on patreon uh this podcast can only happen because of the amazing folks over at patreon who literally help me keep the lights on so thank you so much to all my incredible supporters out there in uh the uh realm of the internet who are willing to help me keep making this. It really means the world to me. If you've got a question or a comment for me, uh, you want to ask me about something, or you want to get rid of a weird piece of taxidermy, like, you know, a freeze-dried piranha, you can send that stuff to, strangely, 1000 Harris Avenue, number 21, Bellingham, Washington, 98225. And uh, I hope to hear from you. Strangely and Friends, the podcast is recorded at Sonic Suitcase Studios in the Morgan Block Building in Fairhaven, Washington. Thank you so much for listening. We
1: got a joke. I'm um, going to translate. Uh, I, can't, I can I say it in German and then in yeah. English? Yeah, that'd be great. Okay. Um, what sagt ein arbeitsloser Schauspieler zu einem anderen arbeitslosen Schauspieler? Einmal Pommes Rot-Weiß, bitte. And now the English version. <laughs> what? Says uh, an unemployed actor to a second unemployed actor.
0: What?
1: Um, <laughs> it's, I should have thought about the translation before. What says an unemployed actor to another unemployed actor? What? Uh, one, one. Um, oh no! I still can't translate it. <laughs> uh, a portion of. Um, do say here. Um, fries with mayo and ketchup, please. <laughs> oh god he just took his glasses off and he's crying <laughs> oh,
0: come on <laughs> oh, thank you thank you You're so welcome. much strangely and friends the podcast is a herringbone society production